Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. So don't worry, darling. We saw it. We we were on Ready to be Petty, and we talked about it up until, like, I think all the Venice film stuff happened. And then I personally was like, I, I really cannot talk about this behind-the-scenes bullshit without seeing the movie for one more second. Because I think at a certain point, it's just like, okay, we can all, like, pick our sides or or choose who we think is right or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's like what is this movie and was it worth it? And and I am very curious to know, it did do well in the box office, but I don't know if it like lived up to its projected estimates. But at the end of the day, all that really matters is literally the bottom line. And, you know, is this movie worthy of all of the hullabaloo that surrounded it? And to be honest, like, I think I, I enjoyed the movie. Was it amazing? No. But was it fun and entertaining? Yes. Did it breeze by? Mostly. And And I think that, We've just like become so spoiled with like content that's always like prestige or extremely funny or like is incredible. It has these it, these amazing performances that everybody is like is screaming Emmy noms at. Like we need more movies that are just fine that are released in theaters. Like I feel like there is this uh, there's this segment of like movies from the 90s and early 2000s that we don't get anymore that are just fine movies to see in a theater that yeah. you watch once that you watch once in theaters maybe you catch it again when it's on TBS and then you fucking move on with your life like and I think it falls into that category we can get into specific performances after but what, what's your overall impression of don't worry darling the film so I think I enjoyed it a little less than you did. Um, I mean, not, not to say that you loved it by any means, but like, I just, you know, I think that to your, I talked to you about this. Like I thought the cinematography beautiful. Like I really enjoyed that. I really thought quite most of the performances, not, not, there were several that there were a few that were not great. And we'll get into that in a second, <laughs> but most, I would just say like genuine, generally most of the performances were pretty good. Like I thought Florence Pugh was great. I thought that Olivia Wilde was good. I thought that Nick Kroll was fun. Like, I really think that they got a lot of really good supporting cast members in this. Like Kate Berlant was good. Like there was just you know, people did what they could with the material. And that is where I think that it it falls flat. It's ultimately, you have a good, for the most part, a good cast. You have great cinematography. I just think that the script and the material that they were given to work with was not fantastic. And that there were certain people who are not meant to be actors. And that's okay. We don't need everyone to be a triple threat out here. More well, on that. I mean, like, let's take the Harry Styles out of it mm-hmm. and, like, talk about the script. Because I feel like, yes, that's where a lot of the problems, like, we both agree, is where it kind of begins and ends. Like, the concept in and of itself is really strong. I think we both yes. agree that, like, elements of the third act that are actually, like, the more interesting parts of the movie should have maybe made their creep their way into act two much sooner. And then I was talking about the movie with Zoe cause she saw it uh, on Saturday as well, which is like when we went to go see it. And she said that her and Todd looked up the script and like, it's the third act is totally different than what we saw. And I think this movie kind of suffers a little bit from, do you remember the movie, the snowman that Martin Scorsese was supposed to direct and it became this huge mess yes. where in the end it like got released and the director who did direct it, which I think was the guy who did um, let the right one in the movie he was like, oh, yeah, we didn't shoot, like, 55% of the script. And you're like, 
how, how is this movie going to come together if you didn't shoot like half the script? It, and I feel like Don't Worry Darling has a little bit of that. And now we are, we continue to learn new shit about this movie like every fucking day. It's like Ken Burns is going to have like a 17 part documentary on this movie one day. But we find out that like Kiki Lane's character is like significantly reduced as, as like her, she shot an entire storyline that's no longer present. And as you like kind of piece all these things together, you're like, that's kind of why it like dragged here. Or this didn't quite make sense. And I think they were trying to lean too much into like, well, it's a plot hole and people can kind of like decide how they want it to be instead of actually just like, no, just like fucking tell us how you want this to go. I think there's a, to your point, I think there is a smart way to leave things open to interpretation in a Mm -hmm. film, but it needs to be capped at a certain point. I think that you, there's a, there's a fine line between leaving something open to interpretation and that's an artistic choice and it makes it a better movie for that reason. And then just coming across as kind of lazy, which is what it felt like in this case. I would say not lazy. I'd say rushed. Like it didn't feel like it wasn't like gelling together. And instead of taking a step back, but I think, you know, all of the circumstances didn't allow them to have like the space and time with it, but it just felt rushed. And I don't know why it needed to be rushed if it was always just going to be this sort of like middle of the road movie. I think there's a lot of time unnecessarily spent on the um, internal like psycho thriller of it all with Mm -hmm. what's happening in Florence Pugh's mind, Mm -hmm. Um, which I, you know, I think you need a few examples of that to, to get that going. And that's great. But I think you get to a point where there's like four, five, six. It's the the entirety of the second act is that. And you're just like, I I just wish you would, because at a certain point in the second act, you're just like, where the fuck is this going? Can you just tell me? I don't want to watch Harry Styles tap dance for Daddy Chris Pine. Like, can we? Oh my God. Can we inch closer? <laughs> that scene was a very long, gratuitous this cut, scene. Cut that fucking um, scene. Cut it now, was, immediately. It felt like it was 30 minutes. It was probably 20, but it felt like, like 30. No, because it was so pointless because you're like, what is this telling me? It's not telling me anything. I feel it like it's a lot more nothing. from this. Like, I mean, in film school, whenever we like watch movies, for an essay or a test or whatever i'm part of like a larger theme whenever like people get heavy-handed with the symbolism someone in class would yell symbolism and when kiki lane is standing on her lawn clutching her little plane i just wanted to scream symbolism because it was just like okay like where are we going with this but then instead we get this weird like moose lodge like dance off with harry styles and chris pine you're like what is this can we go back to kiki lane clutching a fucking helicopter like that's fine it is that point. I mean, it's just, yeah, unnecessary. And I'm just like, are we watching the right, the same movie anymore? Is this like Thank a movie you, musical yes. that I stepped into? <laughs> like, are we, are we, is this a revival of Chicago here? Like, I mean, I don't know, but I was auditioning for La La Land 2. Like, what are we doing? Why? I, did, I, I felt like that so many points because even certain points, the score even had like the music. I know it was unintentional, but there were moments where the music, the music did kind of sound like it a little bit. Um, well, I yeah, think like I think the funniest part about that dance scene is like that <laughs> that clip that I sent you of uh, Leslie Jordan being like, "Watch my twirl, daddy!" Watch- like that's exactly <laughs> what that fucking dude, you should have just spliced in Leslie Jordan just saying, "Watch my twirl, daddy!" Instead, that would have been a better use of everyone's time. <laughs> It would have been a much better use of everyone's time. It would have taken, it would have given us 20 minutes to really explain a few things that were needed, that we needed to explain (laughs) instead. 
I the the other thing. So so is it is it time for us to get into Harry Styles and his accent? Do, Can we talk we, about it? Okay. Well, oh, oh, well okay. are there any other points that we want to make about the script? Because like the third act apparently is very very different the way that it was written. It was much more explicit about what happens with Florence Pugh character. Would Florence Pugh's character, which we had a lot of questions about afterwards, and that was kind of like yes. the only thing I wanted to point out. And if you wanted to read the original script, I think it's very easy to find because I believe that it was originally like a blacklist script. It was a blacklist script. Yeah. And I feel like it was, I mean, it was sold in like 2018 or something. It's in in its original version. So it's been, it's it? been okay. there for a while. Yeah. Like I think it, there was a bidding war for the script initially back in like 2018, 2019. So it's been, it's been around for a while. Um, I would, I think that's really where, where the good is for me. Oh, and the final thing is just like the costumes music. Like, it's just, if you enjoyed Mad Men, if you enjoy like any yes. kind of 1950s, 60s, like vibe, you're going to absolutely love the architecture costumes well, and that. I also really did like how, I mean, the twist I actually think is like the best part of the whole movie, which is a shame that they don't kind of get to it a little sooner because I do like what the twist is, is like men like that always want to go back to the 50s, a simpler time. And yeah. I thought they did a really good job illustrating that. But again, like we've been saying, like we didn't need, you know, an hour and a half of it. We could have just done with like 30 minutes of this world building because the concept is really strong and it comes through very immediately. I didn't really and you didn't need to under explain so much honestly would have loved more explanation which is not something i'm ever really saying about a movie there there is a jumping point in that act three when when everything is kind of realized or it's like act two going into act three anyway there is a point in which you know we get to see what was happening behind the scenes and like why what why the, she is in this we're, we're going into spoilers at this point so we can do it obviously do it um but like so you know we know now the that the reason why she's in this world, she's having these flashbacks is that it's a simulation. She has been essentially put through a clockwork orange style thing on her eyes where she is, she and Harry Styles were together in like present day. Uh, he was unemployed. She was a very successful surgeon doctor. He uh, was listening to Chris Pine on like what appears to be a podcast. And he sounds like some like incel men's rights activist. No, type. he's supposed to be Jordan Peterson. He's supposed to be Jordan Peterson full. Like, and so, and then at one point, and this is where I think where I would have loved a little more exposition. There is a point in which he goes from listening to said Jordan Peterson, Chris Pine character online to somehow having been, you know, contacted him gotten into this program of some sort or paid for this and is now bringing his dot his his girlfriend Florence Pugh into this simulation in which she is being coerced into being forced into this thing where she has to now be put into the simulation without her knowledge or consent but to, here's where there's a huge plot hole which is like where how did we get from Harry Styles listening to Chris Pine Jordan Peterson to does he contact Chris Pine? Does well, he reach out? Does he like sign up for something? Like where does this So in the in the original script all of that shit's explained. Like Florence Pugh like wakes herself up and then like essentially goes on a rampage. <laughs> is what it is, which I think is kind of like a more incredible ending and is much right. more powerful and she kind of like brings the whole system down kind of thing. Although I did find aspects of like 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Her uh, waking up while in the simulation and having that whole conversation with Olivia Wilde's character, Bunny, about how Bunny knows that it's a simulation. This way, whatever happened to her kids in the real world, she still gets to be with them in here and that her and Nick Kroll are like in this voluntarily. I found that to be like... Again, there are really like glimmers twist. of very interesting conversations throughout that kind of don't ever quite like gel together and like marry yeah. well because I think they're relying so heavily on the like how strong the sci-fi-ish like genre theme is going. They expect us to just sort of like take whatever and like we should just draw our own conclusions. But it's like even Stepford Wives, which is like what this is obviously heavily, heavily borrowing from, walks you right up to like the edge. This movie doesn't because it kind of splits off everywhere. And it's really kind of sad because it's such a it's such a smart concept and a cool premise. Like it sucks that it like it doesn't really quite stick the landing. Yeah, I think that for me Ultimately, again, this is, apart from Harry Styles, pretty much a really good cast of people who were just, because of how this movie, the final edit of the script that they went with, or the final decisions that were made throughout the production, editing, directing, what have you. And I will say, like, I think Olivia Wilde is a good director. I really enjoyed Booksmart. And there are a lot of aspects of this film where I'm just like, I really do hope she gets another, she gets more chances to direct because I think this is just one of those things where there was just so many outside factors happening that like, I just, I don't know if this could have ever been great, but I just think that there is, um, there was a lot of missed opportunities here um, but the elements are there. There are strong elements throughout. It's just, yeah, ultimately the final edit, what have you, whatever was filmed, what we don't, we don't know what ended up totally being filmed or not filmed, but ultimately the final edit just kind of falls flat in a lot of places where there could have been so much um, more done, cut in other places and added in other places to really tell a full story. Well said. Well, you know, I think the only performances that we have to get into because we're like running low on time. I think obviously we got to talk about Harry Styles, who was bad. He's he, he reminded me at times, especially when he would get like activated. I don't know if you're familiar with this drag queen, but she was a drag queen on UK Drag Race called Bag of Chips. And she has. OK, so she has that song called Much Better. And like there are times where Harry Styles straight up sounds just like Bag of Chips. And Bag of Chips is basically a cartoon character. So this is not a compliment. And what I love the most is that 
Harry Styles is an American in the present day, but clearly could not sustain the accent. So they just said, fuck it. We're making you British in the simulation. And we're going to have Jonah from Veep be like, what's your nationality again? Oh, right. British. And it's like, okay, I guess we threw that in there because we're like, fuck it. We got to explain his accent. Hurry, quick. And I just found his performance, like him and Florence Pugh, I'd say his saving grace is his chemistry with Florence Pugh. I think that they had a believable chemistry together. And so that's kind of what saves the performance for me. But anytime this man has to act as a professional actor, I feel bad for him because it's clear that he is out of his league, is yes. faking it till he makes it. And I think that like, I, I feel like you can tell all of the actors around him are trying really hard to like include him you know like oh my chum like you're doing great bud like there just is sort of like there it it feels like they're trying to um get into like loosen up a little bit like in in the moment while they're filming but i just thought uh i have to say though i don't know if shia labeouf would have been the right casting i actually think both of them are bad choices i think that there are other dudes i mean honestly like not this man, but like someone like him, but like a Jacob Elordi type could have honestly filled this probably a lot better because I think he does the like romantic hot guy thing well, but he also can flip a switch and be like creepy, abusive weirdo. And and I feel like Shia LaBeouf is way, way, way too intense. The incel shit would have felt like very, very scary and like too close to his real personality. I feel like Harry Styles as an incel is very funny, but I don't find it to necessarily be believable. And yes, there's something about him in the movie that, yeah, he's just very unsure of himself. And especially in scenes with Florence Pugh, it's like he's just so out of his league. I think that you brought up a really interesting point, which is that you can tell that you're, to your point that the actors around him are just trying to set him up to do better. Like they 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 did whatever they could in this instance, because I bet you Harry Styles is just probably the world's I don't want to say worst actor, but like the world's. And one of those a- bad actors who was just trying, probably was trying just so hard. Like he's such, he seems like such a genuinely nice guy. He's yeah. a fantastic performer. He's a great musician, all these other things. And generally I've never heard of anywhere where he has been described as being an asshole. So I think that he was probably one of those people that everyone just really, really wanted to try their best to set him up for success. And they probably tried at every aspect that they could and they just couldn't. But he was a great hang afterwards when he wasn't with Olivia. <laughs> a while like (laughs) that's so fucking true it really was this like they clearly wanted him to do like of course you want him to do well he's your fucking lead but like i'm sure he's super fun like a really nice guy like easy to work with like takes direction but it's fully one of those things where you're like okay try it this way and he does it the exact same way like 19 times and you're like okay you you tried (laughs) you know what else can you say you showed up to work and i'm sure people liked you or else or else we would have heard about it if nobody liked you. I don't think it's that. But I think when you're up against so many other actual professional actors, like he just there's nothing they could have done. Nothing. And they're all people who are very good at their a, a part of their craft. Like Florence Pugh can act out any just about anyone on that set. But like everyone was put everyone else in their roles were put into really good roles. Like Nick Kroll plays a great goofy kind of husband type. Olivia Wilde is great in this. I really enjoyed Kate Berlant's role. Like she, she just plays neurotic very well. Like she, her role, this role is very similar to the role she plays. If you watch the A League of Her Own reboot on Amazon, she was great in this too. Like just again, like really great performances, and everyone else commits fairly well to their personality and who they're supposed to be. But he, yeah, I mean, he is just 
there there Shia LaBeouf would not have been the right choice but Harry Styles was not the right choice either and I wonder if there were doubt there were probably plenty of doubts on set as has been allegedly reported but at this point you had already recasted this role once that the idea of having to recast it a second time would have just been even more of a shit show a third time a it would third have been a time, third time me. yeah sorry yeah I also don't under I mean Chris Pine is good as the villain although we don't really get to like know him we don't really get to understand his motives and it it kind of begs the question like why wasn't chris pine the lead like i don't under like i feel like he can do charming hot husband and then also in turns be like a creepy weirdo if he really needs to do that i mean maybe it's because of the age difference between him and florence Pugh, but i yeah i just feel like i i feel like there's just some interesting choices that were made that didn't didn't come off the way that they should have. And then in the end, it's sort of it's it's like um when a dress wears you. It's kind of one of those things. But Harry yeah. Styles didn't like completely embarrass himself. He he has presence, he has charisma, he has charm. He just is not an actor. So And that's okay. I think we have to just normalize this. You and I are very comfortable saying that well, out loud, but a lot of Hollywood is not. I feel like after My Policeman comes out, like that will be the end of his acting career, at least for a very long time. I, I, I'm saying that genuinely. I'm not saying that to be spiteful. I'm not saying that to do anything. I He's plenty successful as a musician, obviously. He's p- playing multiple sold-out nights at Madison Square Garden. He doesn't need to do this. He did it as no. like a pandemic side project, like, oh, for a laugh, because I can't tour. So, yeah, I think that he's just I think he's even worse in My Policeman. And I think that that's going to be the end of his acting career for quite some time, unless he's like some supporting role where he's like playing a singer or something. Yeah, that makes sense. Lady Gaga, he is not, you know, like I had my problems with her in uh, American Horror Story, which arguably is just a horrendous, like a like badly written show to begin with. But, you know, she she took acting classes. Like, I just feel like Harry's never taken an acting class, let alone like a speech class. (laughs) <laughs> there was some I mean honestly like the way that he said some words like totally malt better I was just like it was really I just I, I had some laughs at his expense but by far and away the funniest part is when Jonah from Veep is <laughs> driving to try to stop Florence Pugh from leaving the simulation and he and as he's about to drive into two cars and blow up into a fiery ball he goes oh no <laughs> But it was so perfect that of all people, they cast Timothy Simons like he was great in that role. And I feel like because if anyone who's watched Veep, like it's just it suited him well in that one scene, like it felt like a very return to Jonah moment for me. And so I really appreciated that those were his final nanoseconds in the film. Oh, boy, what a treat. What a treat. And yeah, Florence Pugh, her career will leave this unscathed, I think. And only time will tell what's going to happen with Olivia Wilde. So, but don't worry, darling. I don't know. It gets a wreck from me, especially if it like when it comes on to streaming, see what all of the fuss was about. And you can decide for yourself if it was worth a seven minute standing ovation. (laughs) I think Italians are just very excited. And I don't really know why we're having these long standing ovations for movies that I'm like, uh, oh, okay. And you just heard a preview from one of our Patreon episodes. If you enjoyed what you heard, you can in fact subscribe to our Patreon page 
$5 a month gets you access to two pieces of content. Generally, they're bonus episodes that talk about what we've been watching on TV, be it the latest documentaries or series, reality shows, movies. Uh, really, it's just a lot of the type of stuff that we don't get to cover on our regular show because it's happening now versus 1990-something or 2000-something. Uh, so if you like that, definitely go over to patreon.com slash oldmillennialspod and you can go ahead and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Um, if you cannot make that commitment, we totally understand. Uh, we always appreciate a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you listen that has a rating system. Um, and then finally, you can always check us out on Instagram and Facebook at The Old Millennials Pod. Thanks so much. Bye.